0: Dead bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. This is a new episode. It's a new episode. You're already confused. I know. We're doing it for, it's like mum and dad have gone out and we're doing stuff and we're going to, I used to make custard when my mum and dad went out and I used to make cake mixture, like packet cake mixture and eat it just raw. Oh, I love eating packet cake mixture. Like
1: you mix it up though and then you eat the goop.
0: Once though, yes, mum let me do it, like a whole mixture and eat nearly the whole thing and I was so sick. Another time I did it when mum and dad went home and they came home and I hid it under my bed and then. I just yep. couldn't think how how you do I get, get rid of the evidence? Back to exactly, yep. was there for such See, a long time. It's awful being a kid when you're trying hide stuff. Um, you had a social media story. Oh my for us. gosh! Okay, so my
1: Instagram has been on private for the longest time. Yes, it's always been on private. Yes. For those who don't know, I'm an ambassador for the Lost Dogs Home, and they were nearing capacity. There yes, were so many I know dogs. This. So You yep. had them on your show. Yeah. Um, and so they asked me if I could do a post and then so I did one on Twitter but I didn't really know if Twitter was the place for that kind of rehoming dogs and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just. I think it is just
0: for the record. Do
1: you? Well, if you've, you've got such a big following on I, Twitter. Well, then I think that's perfect. Oh, I should do an Instagram post but then I only had f- about 500 followers on Instagram so I was like, oh, maybe I'll just take my Instagram off private because I, I want to find dogs' homes, right? It, yes. It oh, accepted no. every request that I'd had in there for oh. 10 years. Oh my
0: god. It accepted no.
1: 9,000 people? What the hell? How <laughs> do you undo this? You can't undo it. You can't undo it. So I had like this mini meltdown being oh. like there are now 9,000 people on my Instagram and I had to go and like check if there was anything offensive. I was having an absolute panic about what
0: the hell people being
1: offended on there. And then I thought, "Oh no, now people are going to be really mean to me on Instagram."
0: No, they wouldn't be mean to you, but. I only had one dickhead. Okay.
1: Yeah, I had one dickhead, and then I went see you later to him, and then I blocked him.
0: Yeah, blocking's very powerful. I had to block someone. It was actually um, a a well known ish person. What? Mouth the name. Um, Oh, you're going
1: to write it down. Okay. uh, I reckon I might know who it is
0: an actress oh they're quite
1: nice to me that's interesting
0: oh really yeah oh i was given a you were going um, yeah and i don't um uh, uh yeah right i don't um i'm not gonna say yeah the no because i don't um and unhinged to the nth degree really yep. so i just went it was the first time i've ever blocked on anybody on instagram or twitter on Instagram, I don't wow. use Instagram much. I'm always no. like amazed when something happens on there because I really don't post very much at all. And, so, and there was this blah wow. from this person, and I just went I private don't. or public? Uh, like it was it, a DM. It was a DM, what? and I looked at it and I thought, "No, thank you. No, I'm pretty contactable every yeah. single day. You sit on the I'm, radio. I'm there. There's yeah. a phone number." Ring up yeah. if you want to discuss this. Sure. Discuss it. Don't send me a shit. Yeah, don't in my yeah. lovely Your new phone. I in there. So I just I went. How do I? Okay, block. Ah. And I blocked. Hey, and it right was such on. a lovely. And then I yeah. continued watching the show. I was watching. Yeah. You know, great British Bake Off or something. I don't block people on Twitter.
1: No, I don't block people on Twitter. No. But I'll absolutely no. fucking block people on Instagram. Okay, because my private life's on there. Yeah, Duh. I won't have it.
0: Yeah, I'm I worried about it.
1: all your stuff. I know. Being seen. Well, I think so. Actually, hilarious. It accepted nine thousand people, and then about two thousand people dropped off because they're obviously like, who the fuck is this person that they probably tried to follow like four years ago, and then here I am just posting dogs, and they would have been like, not interested, not interested. Oh, See you later.
0: So it's the opposite of my Facebook mistake. When I first joined Facebook, I've, and I don't use I don't use that much either. Um. I was going, oh, this is good. There's all these hmm. people who want to be friends with me. It's how yes. nice. Oh, how nice. Accept, 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 And then I realised I was seeing all of this stuff from people I'd do, I do not, not care about. So I've very yeah. slowly been unpicking you tape it over it. the years. Yeah, and and but what also has happened is I don't accept anyone new. Yes, and because you know you get tricked. It says they're friends with someone else. You I know, know, and you think, oh, okay, you must be nice. And I then, know. Oh no. Well, as you know, I do a lot of harassing
1: of my husband on there. Yes. Yes. So I've worked out that I can do it in a way where I just post those videos to my close friends. Uh, so okay other people then, don't
0: see them. I need that content. The all yeah. white outfit to walk to the cafe yesterday was classic. Could you believe that classic. Nico action. Nico
1: said uh, yesterday, he said, let's go, let's go to the cafe. We normally go to the cafe on the weekend. And he said, let's walk there. And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, walks into the bedroom, an entirely white outfit, yeah, white yeah. tight top, white shorts, white shoes, white socks. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing.
0: But why does, why, why is an all white outfit come across as looking like you've escaped from it's somewhere? very Wimbledon. Whereas all
1: black is okay. I don't,
0: yeah. Oh, I was in all black. He's a strange individual. I'm starting to rethink my matching top and bottom tracksuits.
1: No, I love them. Really? I mean, I today? love them. Yeah, um, I know I
0: noticed to see yeah. as you came out to the car I've got more. I love it for you. Yeah, I <laughs> think it's a vibe. Because there was, um, I think it was on Twitter, maybe on Instagram, I don't even know if it still exists, but there was an account called Full Kit Wankers. And it was people who. You could be a full kit wanker, but dressed, it's fine. Nico's a full kit wanker sometimes, too. Is he, he? Yeah. Oh, my spirit animal. Absolutely. On him because yeah. when, it's, it's, when you've got. Go to the footy. I would never dress in full, full a full yes, yeah. but yeah. Nicholas but, loves it. Good. Yeah, yeah. But yours it's are committing to it. Yours aren't like he's a sport kit. I want that though. No, you don't. I, I do. I see the red. There was oh, what was the show I was watching on Netflix? That awful guy that tricked all the women on social media. Oh but yeah, had my enemies. Which one? My enemies. What's his name?
1: Oh, he says my enemies. They've
0: come to get me. Yeah, that guy. I can't remember the name. But yeah, you know the one anyway. Yeah, um, and he had a full red Adidas tracksuit with a okay. stripe down the side. So my I father-in-law, really it. God rest his soul,
1: used to wear full Adidas get up, yes. and he was Greek, and so it was a blue Adidas get up with white stripes, just to you know really be Greek about it. And I think I, maybe that's why nico likes to be a full kit wanker maybe it reminds me of his dad i don't know yeah. but it's like it's a when you're that size and you're european it's a vibe it's a well it is it's
0: a big commitment and it's i a salute big commitment. it i love it i love seeing someone although i did i remember driving home one day Back when Twitter used to be fun and you could put fun things on there, Yes. they wouldn't get away with this now. No, Twitter's not fun anymore. But I was nearly home and there was a woman waiting at the bus stop and she was wearing—I kid you not—a lavender suit. She had a fitted like a suit jacket that you wear into the office, and the skirt was also lavender. Yes, ankle length pencil skirt. See, I couldn't do that much color. Picture that—that's not
1: for me. Lavender, I don't wear color. Like my wedding was the first and last time I'm ever going to wear white, and that I couldn't do that. Lavender, yeah,
0: it was. Nah. It was a lot. It was nah. a lot. Um, I do. You want to do your Adrian Bailey because I'm. I just really need to hear the second half. Oh, okay, part sure, two.
1: sure. So this is part two. If you're starting this episode, you need to go back and listen to the one before. We don't normally do two parters, but I have done this in two parts today.
0: I want to move where this phone is. Just it's just keeping up with our theme of the world's most annoying podcast. I know we're now forcing you to listen to something else in two parts, and you, you've got to listen to all the bowel stuff at the start. If you don't want to, the bowel stuff goes for 17 minutes, so just whizz on through it.
1: On not on this episode, on the, on previous, the previous one. Episode. Yeah. Apologies. So uh, I'll start this part two by talking a little bit more about who Adrian Bailey uh, was. He was a, a former pastry chef and he was first jailed in, in 1991 for raping two teenagers. Um, so in 2001, he was jailed for a minimum of eight years for the rape of five St Kilda sex workers and they all occurred over a six-month period and this is where the connection uh, to Sarah, and her email comes, and this is what made me think of it all. So, Adrian Bailey was using sex workers to fulfil his sick and twisted mind of raping women, and he he was he was raping them. Mm. Um, so after Jill was murdered. Obviously, I've spoken about just how much his face was everywhere. It was everywhere in the news. It was, you might even remember that shot of him kind of crouching down in the back of the car. Mm. He was wearing that tight blue T-shirt. And when his face was plastered everywhere, these women recognised him and they recognised him as the man that attacked them.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So in 2014, a set of secret trials took place um and they were secret or suppressed because of his notoriety in the Jill case and because if they were to be um I guess made public they were worried that that could that could impact the jury because he was so well known so while these trials were going on nothing was allowed to be reported from them and I covered these trials and um I don't know if I should talk about how I felt in the courtroom. I might do it after. I might go through all the detail first. So the first woman was 18 years old. She'd been actually reading a leaflet about dangerous men to look out for while she was working on the streets. So she'd been to an information. She was a sex worker.
0: Yeah, but I need to know who publishes that leaflet. Is that Does that so come from the from, police or do the, the uh, girls no, it's share from that? No, um, I, I
1: believe there are organisations that – that, oh there's a
0: collective isn't it? Yeah that they, yeah.
1: they they work with sex workers to make sure that they are well and they are um, they know the dangers and all those sorts of things. Good so on. she wow. yeah, there's, yeah there's organizations like that in Melbourne. Um and she was reading this leaflet about dangerous men to look out for as she was approached by a man Adrian Ernest <gasps> Bailey. No.
0: And no. he
1: asked her if she wanted to make some money. As she got into his car, she began to talk about that leaflet and she told him that she just couldn't believe how many bad people there were out there. Adrian Ernest Bailey punched her and said, do you know I'm one of those bad guys? He then drove his car into a secluded alleyway and he repeatedly raped her. I remember um, this, yeah. It's at this point that um, I think I want to talk about and, the, and these are the details that I think really stayed with me and probably what caused me to have a massive anxiety attack at the end of this trial, he would drive down alleyways and he would drive down them and ensure ensuring that his car, that the passenger side was right up against a brick wall. So... So you couldn't open the she door. She couldn't get out. And that was the way that he trapped women. So it didn't matter if the door was locked or not. He drove down and wedged the car almost right up against um, brick walls or fences so that it didn't matter what they did, they could not open that door.
0: But it also tells me he must, I mean, I know this city like the back of my hand, but I he could not, places. if you said to me go and do this, go, go hide yeah. in an alley and park your car like that, I wouldn't know where to head to. Yeah. So he must have. Scoped out yeah. where he was gonna look. I don't know, but acts. he
1: like, or it's just you know driving around until he finds somewhere. Mm. Or
0: no, I I reckon he knew exactly what he was doing. So so he planned it. His uh, in other words,
1: at one point he um a car turned down the alley that that they were in, and he was raping her, and she tried to to get help. Um, I read different accounts. One said she tried to scream. Another said she mouthed, help me. Um, And Adrian Ernest Bailey shoved his hands, almost like his fingers all the way down her throat and threatened to kill her. So he was trying to choke her. And he said, you little slut, no one will miss you. And she was utterly frozen with fear. She later did get out of the car. She later fled. Um, And she was able to escape him. Um, It took 11 years for her to tell police what happened that night. Um, And it was when she saw Adrian Bailey in the news that it just all
0: added up for her. And she still remembered him? Yeah. Gosh.
1: In the second case, this was also an attack on another sex worker. It was in March of 2012. You've got to remember Jill was attacked in September. Mm. Uh, He lured the woman to his car, uh... He took off his belt. Again, he, he parked the car in that, in that way. He pinned her down and he began to push on her throat. He was like almost suffocating her. He attacked her. He raped her and said that he, sh- she should have had a pimp looking out for her. So she was able to identify him. He had some tattoos on his arms and, uh, she told the court that she was trying to keep those in her mind, um, while he was attacking her so that, you know, she was trying to ID him. And I believe, um, that, that he was worried that she had seen them. Eventually she convinced uh, him to drive to a nearby hotel saying she wanted to use the bathroom and when she came out and uh, refused his demand to get back in the car, he drove away. It was eight months later, three months after Jill Ma was murdered, that the 25-year-old saw a police photo on a television report about another sex attack in St Kilda and she called Crime Stoppers. Um, the jury in that second trial took less than an hour to return a guilty oh, verdict. The third case concerned um, was Adrian's Ernest Bailey's rape of a 27-year-old Dutch backpacker. She was walking home from the Elephant and Wheelbarrow pub in St Kilda mm-hmm. and she uh, she was a backpacker. So for this trial she gave evidence from the Netherlands, so via video link. Um, he lured her into her car by saying that someone was following her and he was offering her a lift home. Once the young tourist was in the car, Bailey stopped in a secluded street, took her passport from her, and he raped her.
0: Why did did he take her passport? I don't know. Hmm.
1: I'm not sure because perhaps it was one way to keep her there because she was worried that she'd need it to get it back. Hmm. Um, He was aggressive and she believed if she just let him get satisfaction, she might be able to get out alive. Yeah. So the young woman eventually convinced him to take her back to her house saying the car wasn't the place to do it and that she was living alone and that he could come back to hers. When they arrived, she ran to the other end of the house where her housemates were Um, and the jury was told that Adrian Ernest Bailey took a few steps inside the house and said, hey, hey, come back. And then when he realised what was going on, he ran away. Um, The victim was obviously in the house at the time telling her housemates about the attack, saying how she'd feared for her life. Bailey pled not guilty to all three rapes, forcing the women to tell their stories and to relive their trauma. He didn't deny that they'd been attacked, but claimed that it wasn't by him that they'd mistaken him as the attacker, given he was so prominent in the media. At the time of his sentence for these three trials, he was already serving life with 35 years for the murder and rape of Jill Maher. So what they did was they increased his minimum uh, adding another 10 years. So his total sentence is life with a minimum of 45 years. Mm. Um, I think for me, what was so troubling about, about this trial was it was, it was held in the County court of Victoria those courtrooms aren't, they're not small, they're not huge, but he was there every day in the court and mm. day in, day out, m- not just me but myself and a whole lot of other court journals were walking in and
0: out. We were walking past him. Um, Can you describe when you're sitting in the court how, yeah. where you are in, mm. in relation to him, where is he? Sitting? And I, want,
1: I do wonder if this if this is what made me have so many feelings about it. He was sitting behind me. So if you imagine the court to be a rectangle with the widest part of that rectangle in the middle, that's where the judge would sit. Mm -hmm. And then you had, there was a dock on one side, the jury on kind of facing the dock and then chairs for whoever wants to watch it. And then at the back of the court, there's a separate dock where Adrian Ernest Bailey sat. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't for the life of me, get over his hands why so he was sitting with his hands on on his i think he kind of had them clasped and they were on his lap the whole time and i was fixated on his hands and looking at his hands and knowing that he'd killed someone with those hands
0: yeah okay i get it
1: and i just kept looking at them and and these rapes i think for me really and i'll never go into detail about them because these women are still alive um When you think of rape, you think rape is rape. Mm. You think that it's a man on top of a woman raping a woman. Mm. That is not what this was. This was horrific. This was repeated um, and it was just so horrific that I'm just not sure how those women were able to do what they did. That You know, for one of them to be able to say, come back to my house and, you know, we'll continue this and Mm. another being able to, to mouth for help and, you know, another just looking at his tattoos and I just don't know if he had done to me what he did to those women if I would have my wits about me like that.
0: It's hard to know, isn't it? Whether you just I feel as though I like you're suggesting I, I would just yeah. crumble. Yeah. And and you would yeah. almost blank out and not want to yeah. know what was happening. Mm. The fact that they were able to keep their senses about them to either attract attention or to remember important details.
1: Mm. And just that fear of going, I'm trapped in this car. Mm. I'm trapped and I can't open the door and this is happening and there's nowhere for me to go. Mm. I just can't imagine and it was yeah it was at the end the end of it when um i could finally the suppression order so the suppression order lifted once i think it was once the juries had delivered their verdicts mm. and um it was all done I, I was living alone at the time and i i went to the gym and i was running on a treadmill and i started to feel like i couldn't breathe and I, I remember this distinct feeling of just like I was like oh I can't I can't get a full I can't get a full breath in I can't mm. get a full breath in and then I, I stopped the treadmill and I was just a mess like I mm. burst out crying and I remember a man came over he's like you okay you okay and I was like oh I feel like I'm having a heart attack but i later worked out that I was just it was just so and i don't want to make it about me because they're victims here and there are friends but it was just everyone who hears it
0: is having a reaction and you were right up close to it to have to be in the same room as him Mm. is
1: day after day after day after day not being able to report it we were sitting in that room with him you know for eight hours at a time and you're just thinking you're just you are just a monster Mm. um and
0: but the fact that you are able to report it in a way that also has elements of empathy in it, that's because you. And we all do it, and it's what mm. we do when we do the stories we do on this pod. I think we all mentally dress rehearse what would we. We've just done it ourselves. Yeah. What would I do in that position? So the whole time, yeah. you're all you're having to work and you're putting yeah. together a story, but you're probably also thinking, what would I have done? Yeah, you're putting yourself mm. in the shoes of those women who went through oh. that horror. So it, you've effectively, I know you're not saying that you've mm. gone through what they went through, but in yeah. your mind, you have,
1: yeah and i think that's exactly what sarah was getting at with her email is that yeah. i know this doesn't happen to every sex worker yeah. i know it doesn't um but this is the, this is the dangers yeah. and the fears that they have and, yeah. and this is what what they face yeah um and it's it's just terrifying
0: and i actually love the part about the pamphlet because it just tells me that there's, yeah, there's care there, somewhere. There, is, there is and hmm. there's
1: yeah i'm sure there's more than one one organization that looks out for women um
0: but yeah that is the story of Adrian Ernest Bailey. Well, I am taking you to Thailand for my dead oh, bodies I'd today. i to go to Thailand. It would be nice, wouldn't it? That I would do Hawaii. Lovely.
1: I know. I was jealous. I haven't gone anywhere and I've... It's my,
0: It's actually... My well, husband's
1: very upset why? that I'm keeping him in this town. Well, there's an election coming up and I can't go anywhere. So, oh,
0: darn And it. we haven't
1: had a holiday and we're exhausted and he really wanted to go away and
0: I was like i a bit. Have you ever been to Hawaii? Yes, we've been twice. Oh, it's okay. magical. Yeah, it is. I'm very mm. impressed by their weather. The mm. weather was perfect. Oh, it's beautiful. What it was that it the was first time you've been? It. Yeah, I'd never been. Oh, and I loved it. Mm. I loved Hawaii. I didn't so much like the big busy. Oh no, I did like the busy, busy shopping area. Mm. But um, we stopped. Where did you where? No, we what?
1: stopped this recording between Adrian Ernest Bailey and now. Yes. Have we just gone from 0 to 100? Oh. <laughs> we haven't thought about I this is where have. cursed comes in very handy.
0: Yeah, she might have to do something a little turn or a little bit go to Hawaii. Yes, yeah, something. Uh, something so that mm. we don't sound callous. Yes. Apologies. Sorry. Yeah, that would have been a very sudden. Yes, we took a break, but we didn't let the <laughs> listeners take a break. <laughs> Yeah. Oops. Not nice.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. They know us well enough by now to know loose units. Chaotic. Um, Moses, this will make you feel ill. Just warning you. Oh, fabulous. Most of the, although you talk about Pusa, maybe not. True. Most of the Thai population in uh, is Buddhist and there's around about 5 to 10% are Muslim. The remainder are Christians, Jews, Sikhs and Hindu. However, there are a few people in Thailand who hold non um, traditional religious views. Some of them worship local spirits. Mm-hmm. And some of them take part in practices to ward off ghosts and things. And okay. there have been a few recent and some of them a little bit disturbing oh. um, cases of what we'll called cult activity. Now, this is what these fringe dwellers would fall into okay. where they're not following an organised religion, but they found their own one. Okay. and some of them are a little bit shonky. So this one. Uh, in two thousand and nineteen there was a cult on the island of this is gonna be fun because there's some funny words in here. Okay. I don't know how to do you a Thailand know. accent. I'm just gonna sure bluff my way through. Kofengan Kofangan. Kofengan okay. Kofengen. Uh this particular cult targeted young women. And it promised them spiritual enlightenment, but at the same time the uh, the founder of the group sexually abused them. Oh. In 2021, uh, an elderly monk died by decapitating himself. He himself? He, yes. He and his followers had built a device of their own magi. Well,
1: I was going to say you could, yeah, if you swung something.
0: You would go a guillotine-style arrangement, wouldn't you? So the thing is those guillotine blades were huge. Huge,
1: heavy, heavy. yeah.
0: Maybe they put mm. weights on it. Anyway, they made it all together, and he was apparently making a point that he was he could re-inca- reincarnate himself. Didn't work. Just chopped his head off. Yeah. Um, another group <laughs> he comes back as like a, a bird.
1: He's like me, and then no one's looking at the bird.
0: No. Nah. Because the bird had head and we remember Correct. you and you didn't have a head last Correct. time we saw you, so how can it be you? Another group in Thailand is the Dhammakayas movement, which has actually been around for over 50 years, which is amazing because it's just ridiculous. And it's got branches in more than 30 countries around the world. Oh, they'll probably come for me like the Scientologists do. Hmm. Do you ever mention Scientologists in, in, during your course of work? No. Oh, you should. Oh, it's, it's such a really? good spot if you ever mention oh, them. Oh, no. First thing that arrives. Oh, you get... Well, I think they probably moved more electronic, but they used to send me videos and books oh, and brochures. No. They're and on
1: the they're on the hot words. They know when ed- you say yes, it they're monitoring.
0: Educate yourself. Mm. Stop talking about us in this way. And um, yeah. So for those outside media, there are Um, are they companies
1: that monitor words? Yes. And so if you say you are the manager of the Scientology of something and you say I want to pay you to monitor whenever Scientology is mentioned across any of these networks or radio stations and they will send you a clip
0: of whatever is said. Do you reckon they monitor podcasts as well? No, not this one. How would they do it? Doubt it. How would they do it? Bow screening should. Yeah, (laughs) they should be on it. They should. All right, so the Damakaius movement, been around for over 50 years and for years deep in the jungle of Thailand's Chaya Phum Phum province, (laughs) there's a cult leader by the name of Thawi Nanra, and he promised his followers that if they ate his skin and drank his bodily fluids, that that would cure them of whatever was wrong with them. No. Apart from nausea which that surely wouldn't help with Norta. His cult has only been going for four years. <laughs> he's still trying because that's the best he's come up with <laughs> right. after four years. So okay. I think he's still trying to get numbers in there. <sighs> um, and that's I'm speaking about up. him in the present tense. But yep. anyway, yeah, he's still alive. He calls himself the father of all religions. Sure. And he told his followers that if they ate faeces, no, mucus, mm. his, not theirs, dandruff, I don't know why I find the dandruff the worst of that. What? How was clicking? Yep. Uh, and drank his urine that that could cure their illnesses. So the police were actually alerted to what he was up to by an influencer by the name of Moore Pla. I won't even try and pronounce Moore no. Plah's real name. Uh, so Plah had been told about this cult by a woman named Kun Jinjira, Her 80-year-old mother had joined the cult and was refusing to come home. So Kun was worried that her mother had been brainwashed. So she reached out to this influencer who has a ton of followers um, to say, can you expose them, Mm -hmm. which I think is actually a pretty good move. So um, Kun said she went to visit her mother at the cult thing in the jungle and saw that the women were being forced to follow a dress code. They were having to wear a knee-length sarong and the men had to wear formal trousers and everyone had to remove their shoes before entering the site. I didn't actually find that that weird. I don't know. Is that not – is that – Well – doesn't sound weird to me. Okay. Mm. What was weird, though, was what she saw people doing. So she saw her mother (laughs) –
1: Oh no! What what's her mum doing? Her what's mother her
0: doing. No. her mother had some of Nanra's phlegm no. and was, and was rubbing it on no. her face. No. and she saw her mother eat his. No. <laughs> here's a word you won't want to ever hear again in your life. Do you know what scurf is? No, it's flaky skin. So she saw her mother eating so his. So hold
1: on a second. His, yes,
0: what's wrong with this guy? This is going to get worse too. How by the way? sick is this guy? He's got phlegm, dandruff. Mucus. Yeah, he's. Yes. Are they not cottoning on to the fact this guy is not in charge of his own health? Correct. Yep. There's just shit coming off him. Oh. It's like pig pen from the old Charlie Brown cartoon. It's just oh. a cloud of stuff coming off of him. Um, so Nana's chomping down. I'm eating all of that. Oh my God. And gosh. then this woman, the one who, who called the um, influencer and said, you have to expose what's going on here, she saw something even worse in this compound. No. 11 dead bodies Mm -hmm. of some of the devotees. Now, I don't know if they were keeping them for a reason to have parts of them or if they just didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. There were coffins containing bodies scattered around the house. So anyway, the police got involved pretty quickly. Police, yeah. They arrested this um, Nanra bloke, 75-year-old. But even as they were doing it, the, the devotees were saying, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, we love him, we love him. And they were in Mate. front of the police going, look, look, I'm drinking his, they were no. drinking his urine and eating Mate, his dandruff. Mate, stop, up get him to a hospital. Um, so the governor of the... Oh, I'm burping, I feel sick. <laughs> it's horrible, Sorry. It? The governor of the Chiafung province says it's a bit disturbing to see that there are people who believe in such superstition, but this is not just about personal belief anymore. We have dead bodies and we have to work with all agencies to establish the facts surrounding these individuals because you've got to wonder, how did they die? Can you die of dandruff poisoning? What no, did but they I, die of? I'm off?
1: pretty sure you could die from eating poop. A coli is a thing.
0: And surely if you went in, you saw a dead body, you would go, mate, you are telling people that they can... What happened to them? I'm um, curing their illness. Exactly. What happened to...
1: Were they- Who's old mate over there? How did he die? Did he turn up here alive? Had or? he had his
0: daily dandruff? Yeah. If so, what happened? it's not working as an effective cure for all oh, of these the things. Oh, has really sent me. Yes, I'm, it's horrible, isn't it? My mum hates that word. She also hates the word roomy. Have you ever heard that? Not as in like, oh, I'm wearing a roomy pair of pants. No. It's spelt R-H-E-U-M-Y. And it's just—it's like watery eyes, or it's usually described. So if you said, "Oh, he was an old man with really yeah, blue eyes,"
1: has. my husband does this thing that makes me sick.
0: <laughs> just thinking—I'm just thinking about things oh, that Nico. make me feel sick. It wouldn't be this part if it didn't have a slap for Nico each. But time. he
1: knows it makes me sick too. Sometimes he takes his socks off.
0: Yeah. And he goes, "Can you smell these? Do you reckon they need to be washed? Wait till you have children. Here's what happens." And husbands, I don't I,
1: know, but if mate, if you're if you're questioning whether that
0: needs to be washed, uh-huh. it needs to be washed. When when you're the mum, yeah. and there's just washing, and sometimes I'll I'll be ready to do a load, but I'm just a bit short of a full basket, and yeah. I like to have a full basket, so I'll do a whiz around the house. And there's no option but to sniff nah. an item that nope. you have found, nope. whether it be a T-shirt or worse, N-uh. sometimes. To go, does this need to go in the wash or not? No, nah, I'm not now sniffing. Now I'm, I'm meaner about it. Now he
1: brings the sock out. He like, can you? I'll go. No, just wash it. But but he, be, you become immune to your own smell. No, I don't, don't care. You? I don't. I can wear something once and go. I don't care if it, if it
0: could go back in the cupboard. It's yeah, getting okay. washed. Because I've got new rules now. If you what? do not. Open out your sock. Don't put your socks in the wash basket. That's it there. We've all heard my washing going in the last episode. Yes. Um, if you put your sock in the wash basket in inside a ball, out? it's oh, all a ball. ball. Oh, no, I'm not so worried about inside out. But if it's a ball. Not washing it. it no, you can get it back like that and oh. it won't be properly washed. Okay. And if you and they're both, I think they're through it now, but there was a phase of rolling up the bottom of jeans and trousers oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you give them to me like that, too bad. They're going in like and that. and It won't dry. Yeah. That'll yeah. be wet. Yeah, I'm not doing all of that stuff. Mm. Uh, Where was I? Police. So the problem here is that he was not forcing anybody to be there. True. Therefore, they were so that all they could charge him with was encroaching on forest land and violating the Thai COVID policies because his followers weren't wearing masks. Um, One member of the cult defended what they were doing she said of eating his bodily waste. I don't know which one of them. She said, there there isn't even an odour. Only those with a tainted mind may smell it. And this is where I'll come back to defending Nico. See, sometimes you can't... I
1: love that man. He has an odour when he goes to the bathroom and I will not tolerate it. Right.
0: (laughs) And I'm a true believer
1: in everything he does.
0: But there is no... I did a terrible thing to... Oh, no, I I won't say what I did. One of my co-hosts came into the studio the other day, yeah, and there'd been some takeaway food in there, not sure. mine, but it'd been in there, and he's, ooh, it stinks in here because he had to come and use the studio after me, yeah, and he grabbed a can of a can of Glen Twenty. I hate the smell of Glen Twenty oh. because I associate it with being here when the boys have been in the bathroom and they yeah, spray it, okay. so it just makes me almost think of shit smell, yeah. So he grabbed the Glen Twenty, sprayed it around the studio, oh, no. and I was—I'm like, oh, yeah. so I'd been crop dusted. Yeah. Yes, it was like I was an insect dying in a wheat field. It's <laughs> horrible. It is. So potent. it was um, that happened moments before the changeover, before oh. I was finishing for the day, and he was yes. taking over before I left that mm. studio. I—I oh. I don't know if you've ever done one of those bug spray things where you yes. set the thing. Yep. I stood there with the cam, with my arm back in this, pointing into the studio. You, <laughs> you crop dusted him <laughs> and sprayed I love it. it. Closed the door, went out, went into the next room, and said to one of the other producers there, "Can you can you see the cloud in there right now?" <laughs> and he said, "Yep, it's like a mist." So like he would have walked into that That's studio right, in that room. mist. Yeah. yeah, you get what you pay for, I reckon. Uh yeah, that's all. I don't think we want to talk about it anymore. Uh, they're looking into whether they can charge him. Okay, so obviously they're still Yeah, looking into not oh, um, uh, Sorry. Deal. Just talking about the bodies. Okay. We've there got it is. feedback. We have, let's go straight into it. I want sure. you to start, start with, with, with this one.
1: one. So we have our first drunk email. <laughs> and it's from Rosalie. Listen to the podcast for 3 hours in the bath this evening with half a little bottle of red. <laughs>
0: Oh, I just love
1: the idea of it. So do I. Good on her. Been scrolling through Facebook with you both talking in the background. It felt like I've spent the evening with the girls telling <laughs> stories. I'll definitely have to re-listen back to them tomorrow as I've been walking out, missing some of the convo, like you would if you were with your friends. Perfect Saturday night if you can't be with your actual girlfriends. Nice things, nice things. I love that. How good is she? Okay. Oh, no. She signs off. <laughs> And she comes back. <laughs> Love the accents, especially the Irish one, Dee Dee. I'm an Irish woman with an Aussie man, and your accent is exceptional. Thank
0: you very much, Rosalie. Yeah. <laughs> Did you is... hear me being Joanna Lumley the other day? No. Once it started, I couldn't stop. <laughs> on I was being Joanna Lumley, oh, no. I was taking you on a tour around the world. What was Kirsten just doing? Fabulous. Uh, no, she didn't mind, but she was a bit nervous because she thought I might crack into one of the, you know, unacceptable ones. Yeah. But this is where I made my point again, and why am I allowed to be Joanna Lumley, and yet I can't be, I I don't know, Rose Hancock?
1: Um, Chanel, can we be friends, please? Yes, Yes, absolutely. I'm literally the Irish version of you. Shout out to my friends Aisha and Mm. Shiloh? Shiloh? How am I saying that name? Uh... Yeah, I'd say Shiloh. Yeah. Mm. Who also listened to the show. Yay. We plan to travel to Melbourne from Brizzy for your live show. Please. Could you imagine if we did a live show? I can't. (laughs) It would be too chaotic. We'd be
0: worse than the shack. People were all upset and walking out of the shack, weren't they? We wouldn't be able to charge for it. No. Because it would have to be free. It would just be free because
1: there's too much. Um, Rosalie says, okay, I'm drunk bedtime. Don't read that bit out with the girls listening basner and sabrina
0: i see even there she's drunk she's, she's got drunk i don't know where
1: we've gone no i love it <laughs> i've got a, there's another one here should i read this one yeah why not okay from danielle hey ladies i'm re-listening to your old podcast and came across the discussion of penis size in episode 109 i just have to share this clip of elvis with a boner i'm obsessed with elvis at the moment oh yeah
0: i see i'm not interested what? in elvis Presley. did you see all? the movie
1: no and it's i don't fabulous. I it's fabulous it's fabulous it's so good it's really I good. I went with my mum. I loved it. And then I couldn't stop looking at it. He was so It needs hot. to come up on my
0: television. It is. There's so many things to watch at the moment. I'm watching The Old Man on – Oh, I'm watching that too. <gasps> That's really good. I know. There's dogs in it. Have it's you really watched Breeders?
1: Breeders, I think you might no. need to be a
0: parent to watch – oh, Breeders is good. Oh, mm. okay.
1: Yeah. Um Anyway, she says I just need to share this clip of Elvis with a boner. You Mm. see it each time he thrusts his hips out. (laughs) When he finished recording, he went to his mates in tears of laughter, asking if they noticed. He said he wasn't wearing undies, and the pant material was rubbing against him. Yet another (laughs) reason for me to love him. I love him too. She says if you want to see Elvis's boner, just look it up on YouTube. Elvis Presley, The Walls Have Ears. I might do that later.
0: I watched it earlier, Mm. and um, yeah, we're recording on our phones, so I can't watch it now. hung mate he's hot well yeah, he's, he's hot but he's, he's hung. so hot like if he's that is like well we have said it before and i'll say it again a baby's arm holding an orange <laughs> it's and it's right out there and how did they know he's wearing oh, tight pants arm holding his <laughs> i've said it before it's not funny it's big like and it's good for him why did they not i suppose he couldn't say stop Take two. I need to put me the on. Yeah, you just kept going. Showbiz went on. Okay. Uh, this one's from Samantha. Mm. Oh, she sent us a story, so we may as well. Why not? Okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Don't check
1: the
0: well, time. Well, I didn't know whether I was talking too much. Uh, Samantha says um, she's actually given us a link to a story that was on allinteresting.com. All that's interesting. This is an edited version of it. And it's printed in tiny writing, so I'm going to put my glasses on. On December the 18th, 1994, 27 year old Alison Botha was abducted near her home in South Africa. Alison had been out with her friends and she drove back to her apartment in Port Elizabeth. But it, when she parked a car, a man with a knife forced his way into her car. Oh, for he Jesus. trapped her in there. He drove oh. her to pick up an accomplice. And the two men, Franz Detroit and Ernst Kruger, took her to a deserted area on the outskirts of town where they brutally raped her, disemboweled her. They stabbed her more than 30 times in the abdomen and slit her throat 16 times. One slash was so deep that she was nearly decapitated. And she heard them say in Afrikaans, do you think she's dead? And one of the attackers asked, no one can survive that. And the other one said, uh, oh no! The other one said no one can survive that. Wait, what? She heard them say. She heard them speaking. So she's live. She's, she's alive. Yep. So they go off. They leave her for dead. But Alison was still breathing. So the first thing she did was write the names of her attackers in the dirt.
1: Oh my god! And
0: she wrote, "I love mum." Uh, in the distance, she could see headlights going past through some bushes. So she thought if she, if she could just get to the road, someone might be able to help her. So she pulled herself up and as she started to pull herself She's along, nearly
1: decapitated. her
0: head started to fall backward because she'd been nearly decapitated and she could feel something sticky and wet around her front. Oh, my God. Her organs were protruding from her abdomen. So she had to use one hand to keep her organs from spilling out and the other Hand to literally hold onto her head. She finally got to the road and she collapsed along the white line, along the edge of the road. And just one of those moments of fate, a young veterinary student by the name of Tian Elerd stopped um, because he saw her there and he had veterinary training. So he was able to mm. tuck her thyroid, which was exposed, tucked that back inside her body. He called the emergency services. They got her to a hospital That's and the doctors. Be fate, right, that, yeah. that
1: person is the one that came across her. I don't know what I'd do if I came across someone no. like that.
0: No, um, the doctors saved her life. That and she survived. So credit to both, to her and to them. And she remembered everything about her, attack, her attacker. So she was able to tell the police. She was able to look at some pictures that police brought into the hospital, and she could identify these two men. And they became known these two as the Ripper rapists. That's what the media called them anyway. So both of them were charged, pled guilty to eight charges, kidnapping, rape, attempted murder, and they both found guilty and sentenced to life in prison back in 1995. But Alison Botha works now as a motivational speaker. You can look her up on YouTube. She's won multiple awards and honours for her courage, and she's written two books, and there is a movie about her called Alison that came out in 2016. Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. And I've got one more little one here from, I don't know how to pronounce this name, M-I-A-J. I'm going to say it's Mia. Do you think with a silent J? could be Miaj. Miaj or Mia. Hi, ladies. As is customary, nice things, nice things. I'm (laughs) loving your podcast. Stop it. I love Niaz. it when people say
1: nice things. Nice things. The yeah. people still leave it cryptically to me on Twitter. They'll write me a <laughs> oh, message into, about into. something that I, it has nothing to do with them, but they'll say nice things, nice things. And yes. I, I know what community they're from. They're I from love, our little pod community. I
0: love it. I love it. Same. Um, I'm currently listening to episode 14. What are you doing back there? Wow. What?
1: you got a, a long road to back, go. Yeah.
0: Uh, re-cremated remains. I've got to relate a story. My dad passed away suddenly and I got him cremated. Mm. I realise now I was in shock and probably should have had him buried next to his parents in hindsight. Oh. It's not going back, is it? Well, you can't. No. Uh, anyway, I have dad's ashes and each year on his birthday I find a cool, small tin or container, write a note and put some of dad in there and take him out, do a nice spot that he would like. <sighs> Isn't that sweet? That's sweet. That is sweet. I like that. I know. Uh, is that enough of this spasmodic and unacceptably poorly produced and put together and timed, ill timed podcast? We've got two more left. OK. Let's do one each. Yeah, because my tummy's starting to rumble. Same.
1: Uh, from Eloise Hi, Chanel and Dee Nice things, nice things. Inflate Chanel's ego, etc. Oh, what? I nasty. Right? No, it's
0: not nasty, no. is it? I'm
1: procrastinating at work and thinking about your podcast. It reminded me of my first encounter with death. I love procrastinating at work and thinking about death. Um, I was a seven-year-old Queensland girl staying in Boston at Christmas, enjoying the snow for the first time ever. My grandpa and grandma had come across to visit. We were living there for a little bit while dad did some hospital work stuff, and grandpa was reading the paper one particular cold morning. The front page was about how cold it was and the headline read, Man freezes to death on Boston Common. I still remember being so shocked that you could freeze outside. Remember, she's from Queensland and was blissfully unaware about homeless people. I kept asking my parents how you freeze to death and my no-nonsense Austrian mother said, Not everyone is privileged enough to have a warm place to sleep. I saw a dead body when I was 14 and on an Emirates flight an Emirates flight Wouldn't to, that be nice? Europe, right? No, but I'm just like we've spoken about this, right?
0: Oh, On an Emirates dying. flight yeah, okay. to Europe
1: with my mum. Yep. A man a row over died in his chair, and the poor flight staff carried his body up the back. On the way past, the man's hand fell down out of the blanket. I can still remember the male flight attendant's bright blue eyes of shock and my mum saying, "It must be his
0: first death." Well, hopefully, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I give
1: big props to my mum for helping me deal with death, including... My childhood best friend's death at 23. Yeah, she works in palliative care and sees death on the regular but has a way of explaining death to me. She has said the hardest deaths she has had to deal with are the ones that remind her of her children. Mad respect for nurses, doctors and other workers who help those onto the next life. Hope your dog doesn't try to off himself again, (laughs) Chanel Eloise. (laughs) Barry's doing well, for anyone wondering. Good. Uh, He's... um, Side note: uh, He's he's found his bravery actually. Oh, so you remember how I was convinced that the dogs uh, that the guy next door was a murderer? Then we got new neighbours, and yes. he's got dogs that bark nonstop. Yes. Well, Barry is the defender of the house. Wow. We call them now the dog monsters. Wow. Yeah, oh, so are They still barking all the time. All the time, oh. nonstop, and they're big. They kind of look like American bulldogs. They're big. Barry is it small. It makes me sad though. We've got a, a
0: constant barker two yards yeah. across. Yeah. And I just it's think, very what do you, you poor thing? I know, but it's I know it, you can't be cross with the dog. The poor dog no. saying, "Someone help me! I'm cold. I'm well, hungry. i want I'm to throw hungry, treats over there,
1: but I don't know if that if like if that owner would get annoyed that I do that. I haven't done it. Sorry, but I the I, dog's I want to throw a treat over there. Or- I think if I throw a big bone over there, it'll just get. Yeah. Obsessed with that and stop barking. Maybe. But, um, yes, uh, Barry is kind of like, I'm going to defend the house. And he's <laughs> out
0: there and he's. And he's Does and he know he's not big enough or powerful enough to do that? I don't think he knows. I don't think he, he knows. knows. He but we let him. him do it. Yeah, it's very sweet. Mm, cute. We can you leave it there? Sure. Do you want
1: another one? Okay. All right, one more. Okay. All right, this is from Adele. Now she's going to think that we've just, like, left her to the end. Well, we have. Okay, sorry.
0: That's a fact. Okay. Hello, ladies. As always, all the nice things. I came across this today and immediately thought of you. So this is a story that came up on kidspot.com.au back Mm -hmm. in June 2022. A lot of people are randomly thinking of us. A a doctor (laughs) has had his registration cancelled after posting gory images of dead people online. Why? Including babies and women who had died violently. Oh, Melbourne doctor Christopher Kwan-Chen Lee shared, a grueso- shared gruesome images, offensive comments and confidential patient information on what? internet forums what? and social media between 2016 and 2019. What? The images included deceased fetuses, a no. small child with head injuries, women apparently the victims of violence. Like his patients? Yes. Bodies with missing parts and one of a mangled skull with the comment, I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. What the fuck, mate? What? Was he trying to that's get popular this, that's on, on socials? Kids, that's, I said that Oh, path. yeah, yeah. The Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal heard that when Big one cat. forum user responding to the doctor's post asked why he found it amusing, Dr Lee replied, I just do, man. Looking at gore pics leaves me filled with a sense of fascinated wonder, along with a warm and fuzzy feeling, full stop, and hunger, full stop, close parentheses. What the hell is parentheses brackets or (laughs) quotation marks?
1: Close parentheses.
0: (laughs) They always say it. Uh, In another post at the bottom of half of a severed body, Dr. Lee wrote, it's more fun if you let your imagination run wild with possible scenarios. He made other comments in forums, including dumb girls get the abusive boyfriends they deserve and daughters of overprotective parents usually end up sucking the most dicks. What? And he should have slashed his cheating mistress instead and kill her and wear her skin. He also said if his wife filed for divorce, he would slice her open from sternum to anus, rip out her entrails, and bathe in her blood. VCAT found him guilty of professional misconduct and cancelled his registration. Well, I won't be going to Dr. Christopher Quan Lee, even though he's not registered to practice anymore. What the flippin' heck, mate? Right. There's got to be more going on there. That's not a sane person. I is it? don't know. Well, that's your bloomin' lot. Um, email your stories in, and who knows when the next pod will come up. If this works, it could be. It could be. This <laughs> could more. be our magic formula. Yeah. It... We're also looking into Zoom. are trying to record on Zoom, but it was just too. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> My dad's boarding. eighty-six, and he does Zoom. I
1: don't
0: know how to do, do it. the email. What email? Oh. <laughs> It's on the... Tony will do it. Tony, take over. Dead Bodies is created by DD Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced
1: by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.